Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And welcome to the second edition of Twitter Thursday here on Lockdown Cowboys. But before we dive into your questions, just a quick programming note. There won't be a Lockdown Cowboys podcast on Friday, July 28th. I'll be traveling as I go on to vacation. Uh, the Cowboys do not have practice on Friday anyway, so you're not going to miss much. We'll fill you in on those practices on Monday. The plan is to do five shows next week. I'll be doing them from the beach out in Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina. We'll, they might be a little bit shorter than normal, but we'll continue to fill you in on the latest news out of Cowboys training camp. We'll talk about practices over the weekend. Uh, the team is getting ready for their first preseason game next Thursday, week from today. We'll get you all filled in on what's happened out of Cowboys camp. Let's get to your questions. First one from at Sing for the Day. Can you give me the pros and cons to Andy Jones versus Noah Brown, assuming there is a roster spot? Let's talk about the two players first. Andy Jones, six foot one, two hundred twenty pounds. This is a player that was on the Cowboys practice squad all last year in 2016. And from what I was told, he really grew as a player. He looked much different by the end of the season than what we saw in preseason. And I was told that they were comfortable letting Bryce Butler and Andy Jones compete for the number two receiver spot if Terrence Williams did in fact leave for free agency, which kind of brings me up to Williams real quick. Terrence Williams took a very friendly deal for the Cowboys. You're starting to see reports out there of how much money he was offered. I can... I can tell you that Cleveland offered Terrence Williams a four-year, $32 million deal. The same exact deal that they offered to Kenny Britt was offered to Terrence Williams. He decided to turn it down to stay in Dallas. Part of the reason is because he's from Dallas and because of there being no income tax in Texas. It's a big deal for these players. But they were comfortable letting Andy Jones compete for the spot. And he's had a fantastic offseason and a great training camp so far, I think. There's been a couple videos that I've tweeted out of Andy Jones. Really good off of press. Knows how to get in and out of his routes. He's got a little bit of downfield ability. He's got a little bit more quickness and burst and flexibility than uh, Noah Brown. I think he catches outside the bo- of his body better than Noah Brown. I think he is a guy that you need to watch You know who could possibly make the roster this year because he is. I, I just think he's a guy that the Cowboys would like to see on their roster in 2018 and 2019. You know, Maybe that'll kick Bryce Butler off this year. Maybe they won't re-sign him next year. But Andy Jones is certainly a player that I'm high on. I think you're going to see a ton in the preseason. I won't be shocked if he not only leads the Cowboys in catches, if he leads all of receivers in preseason in catches, he's going to get a ton of work. This is a really good player. Um, for Noah Brown... 
this is a player that's going to win with size and strength. He's going to try to bully defenders uh, and use his body to box out. One of the snaps he had on Wednesday, he had a nice outside jab on a slant, came back in, boxed the defender out perfectly. Nice, easy throw for the quarterback. That's how he's going to win in the NFL. Slants and making plays above his head in the red zone. I also think he's got a little bit of the ability to play the Vince Maley role. You might remember from last year that receiver tight end hybrid role where the Cowboys go three tight ends and they're in jumbo and they want to bring a receiver on the field to force a team to, you know, the defense to bring a cornerback in. They can bring Noah Brown down inside the box and he can block just as well as some of the tight ends on this roster. Jones, more of the finesse player. Brown is your big bully. I believe, if I had to guess as of today, uh, July 27th, Andy Jones is quite a bit further along than Brown. I think Dallas would love to stash Noah Brown on the practice squad for a year. Again, he's just a young player. I believe he just turned 21 years old. Stash Brown for a year, and let's see what he looks like in 2018. Jones, I think, has a real shot to make this roster. And that kind of leads me to this next question from at VLeaves14. Who is your sleeper to make the 53-man roster? It's Andy Jones. If he is a this you know receiver in camp in, in preseason that they can't be guarded, the Cowboys are not going to want to lose that after spending a year of developing him. Will they find a role for him? Maybe. He's got a special teams experience. He can play uh, the L3, the L4. He can. Uh, he's got a little bit of experience as a punt returner. We'll see. I I think he's got an outside chance of making the roster. The other player that I would have said, I would have been Demontre Moore heading into camp, but that doesn't seem like a very bold prediction anymore, as Demontre is getting a lot of a lot of press from some of the national media. So I'll go with Andy Jones. I don't think he's locked to make it, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be awfully tough to cut at the end of August. From at Sam in Nash. Will the Cowboys keep four tight ends on the roster? Another great question. Well, they're not going to be able to keep four tight ends and six receivers. So they're going to have to make a cut somewhere. Ultimately, my guess is yes, they're going to keep four tight ends. James Hanna is back, and he looked great yesterday in practice, and it's it's fantastic to see him. One of the things I talked about with James Hanna is the Cowboys lost some on offense this year. They lost Doug Free. They lost Ronald Leary. And people are expecting them to take a little step back on offense. But for the Cowboys to you know, kind of stay the course and maybe improve a little bit on offense, they have to make little improvements. And I think James Hanna over Jeff Swaim is a little improvement. I think James Hanna over Gavin Escobar is a massive improvement. And if you remember, by the end of the season, the Cowboys were having to use Gavin Escobar and Vince Maley as their second and third tight ends. Hannah is much better than both of those players. Hannah has the flexibility to play the H-back spot. He can play as a traditional tight end. He can actually run routes. Uh, this is a player that they missed last year. He gives them versatility on offense, and he's one of the better blocking tight ends in the league. So you know Witten's going to make it. You know that James Hannah's going to make it as long as he's healthy. This team really loves Jeff Swaim and the, his ability to uh, make uh, plays as a pass catcher. He drastically improved as a run blocker. 
And then Rico Gathers is an, a project player that they've spent a lot of time on. I don't think Rico is going to be active early in the season, but I don't think that's a guy the team wants to expose to waivers. Uh, so my guess is, yeah, they probably will keep four tight ends. It's It'll likely come down between would they rather keep an Andy Jones or a Noah Brown over a Rico Gathers. I would probably say keep the receiver. They'll probably go with Rico. We'll see. But I, my guess as of today is, yes, they're going to keep four tight ends on the roster. Next one from at Cody Yak 101. What can we expect from Dak and Zeke in the preseason? Well, let's start with Zeke. You probably won't see Zeke much, if at all, in the preseason. I will actually be shocked if he gets any preseason carries because he just doesn't need them. If he's going to get carries, it's going to be in the fourth preseason game because, remember, the Cowboys have five this year. Probably in that fourth preseason game, he might get a series. He might get two. But that's basically it. As for Dak, I think the Cowboys are going to want to see him a little bit more. You won't see him in the Hall of Fame game. Most likely, you'll probably see him a series or two in the second game, maybe another series or two in the third game, and probably the whole half in the fourth preseason game. I'd be curious to see what Dak's going to look like. From some of the camp footage I've seen and from the reports and some of my buddies out in camp, Dak looks a lot better in practice than he did last year at Oxnard. He looks a lot sharper, more in control. He knows the offense. Zach Martin was talking about how much of a command he has this year compared to last year during the season. Totally different type of quarterback that they're seeing in camp. I'm curious to see if that translates into the regular season. Is he going to be a little bit more accurate? Is he going to be a little bit more um, of a leader? I mean, he was already a fantastic leader last year, but you know, any steps that he can continue to take will give me more hope and faith that he is the team's franchise quarterback heading forward. All right, let's take a little break to tell you about our friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's just the easiest way to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere with just a few taps and I can instantly find my seats. I actually just use SeatGeeks to buy tickets to the Pirates games. I live in Pennsylvania. Just nice and easy, first baseline, right where I want them. One or two buttons, and I'm there. It's just the easiest possible way to get the tickets that you need. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code L-O-N-F-L. That's promo code L-O-N-F-L for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, next one. From at Wheezy Cyber. Who do you think makes it at cornerback? So I'm assuming the Cowboys are probably going to keep five cornerbacks. So that means your starters are likely going to be Nolan Carroll, Anthony Brown, and Orlando Skander. Those are your top three. And I know people want to see the rookies play, and they want to see Chidobi Ouzier and Jordan Lewis in the lineup, but I don't think the Cowboys want to expose those corners to 
you know, some pretty good receiving cores in the first couple of games of the season. They play Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard. Then they go play Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. And then they play Larry Fitzgerald and uh, John Brown and J.J. Nelson. I, I just don't think they want to start those guys off like that. I think they would rather insert them from time to time in certain packages, maybe to give some of the guys a breather. But my guess are those are going to be your five. The other guys competing for a roster spot are Marquez White, the six-round pick from Florida State, and Leon McFadden, who the Cowboys had on the roster last year. I'll believe, or I'll think that they'll go with five. There's a chance that they go with six, especially if Nolan Carroll is suspended for any amount of time for his DWI arrest in July. Next one from at Argentinian underscore dude. Great name. Should the Cowboys sign Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, with the recent news of Zach Dicer's injury? So if you haven't heard or seen, Zach Dysert had a disc injury injury that he had to fly back to Dallas to have surgery on. The belief is that he is out for the season. So that leaves Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore, and Cooper Rush as the team's three quarterbacks. Should the Cowboys sign Kaepernick? Yes, probably. Is he more talented than Kellen Moore? Yes, absolutely. Will they? No. They have their two quarterbacks. They're going to only keep two quarterbacks on the active roster, and probably Cooper Rush will be the team's third quarterback on the practice squad. But like I've said over and over on this podcast, if anything were to happen to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys were, you know, would still be in contention for a playoff spot, I don't think that they would go with Kaepernick or RG3. My belief is that the first call that Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett would make would be to Tony Romo at CBS. And that's only assuming that Dak is gone for a long period of time and the Cowboys still have a chance of making the playoffs. Other than that, I think they're pretty set at quarterback. From at Kevin Modisett, which player from the 2016 draft class will make the biggest jump and impact on the team this season? So I don't know if Dak can make a bigger impact. I don't know if Zeke can make a bigger impact. Jalen Smith has looked good in practice. He had his first, you know, first pad of practice of his career. He's going to take today off. Uh, Cowboys don't have practice on Friday. He should be back on Saturday. I don't expect him to be a factor at all in the first half of the season. I think we are really we're going to try to see what Jalen looks like in November and December, and that's really what we care about. And remember, just a 22 year old. I don't care if he's on the field in Week One against the Giants because only two linebackers are going to be on the field anyways. And I don't think you want to expose Jalen to that kind of defense or that kind of offense uh, in his first career game. So it's not going to be Jalen. Anthony Brown already had a big year. Rico gathers. I think he has a chance to make the roster. Kevon Frazier. I think he's got a pretty good chance to be the third tight end or third safety. My guess is Malik Collins. We talked about Malik Collins on this podcast a lot, but I feel like he's the one defense alignment that has a chance to be an absolute superstar in today's NFL. Uh, he had five sacks in his rookie season, and he did that after breaking his foot in minicamp, missed all of training camp, missed almost all of preseason, and still came in and was the Cowboys' second most effective defense alignment on their team last year. 
just 21 years old. I believe he turns 22 before the season starts. I think he's got a chance to be a seven or eight sack player this year for the Cowboys. And if he do does that, he's going to make the Pro Bowl. And if the Cowboys can have a Pro Bowl defense alignment, that would be the first one they've had in a while. So I think Collins, while he was really good last year, I think he's got another step that he can take this season. Next one. Actually, our last two questions are from at S. Craig 2015. He had two really good questions on Twitter. The first one, the offensive line has never been this athletic. Do you see more formations or play calls to take advantage of that? My argument is that I actually think this offensive line might be a little less athletic than last year. Um, let's start with Jonathan Cooper. I think people are remembering Cooper as the player that he was coming out of North Carolina and assuming that they're going to get that same athlete at left guard. I watched his three games from last year, and it's sad because Cooper is not that same player anymore. He has to win in different ways. He can't just win on raw athleticism. And I think he's probably going to win that job at left guard. As for right tackle, Lyle Collins is very athletic. But Doug Free was no slouch at all. His nickname is Doug the Freak Free. I mean, this is one of the best athletes that the Cowboys have had on the offensive line in some time. Uh, I don't necessarily think their offensive line is more athletic. It might be the same. Will they use formations or play calls to take advantage of that? Sure. I think one of the best things that the Cowboys could do to take advantage of this offensive line is they could run more screens. The Cowboys have been a bad screen team for a long time. But with this offensive line, there's really no reason why they shouldn't be the best screen team in the entire NFL. I think with Dak's you know, ball handling and his mobility, I think they have a chance to improve that. We saw a couple plays last year where they were you know, they ran a screen to perfection. The game against Pittsburgh is a great example. Zeke had an 83-yard touchdown off the screen. That's how I would use the offensive line, try to get them out in space more, especially Tyrone Crawford, or especially Tyron Smith, excuse me, and Lyle Collins. That's how I would use them. I think you'll see some of that. You'll see more of Collins pulling because they like to get Collins out in space. But I'm not sure if you'll see a, a big jump in those kind of plays in 2017. Last one. Dak played a lot of hurry-up at Mississippi State. He did a lot out of the uh, spread. Do you see that happening early in games? I don't. Uh, for one big reason. The Cowboys still don't trust their defense. I believe that they had a defense where they felt like could get off the field and they, had, they could get pressure on the quarterback and get takeaways. Then they would play at a, a higher tempo pace. But right now the Cowboys are going to try to win games by grinding games out. Uh, I think you're going to see in the first two games, they're going to want to try to win game 17-14. to 14. They're going to want to try to eat up eight minutes off the clock on their first drive of the game and then score a touchdown. They don't want to get into shootouts, and I don't blame them. I think eventually, as Dak Prescott grows as a passer, and maybe as they have a little bit more faith with Lyle Collins at the right tackle spot, that they could potentially do that. I don't think that's this year. They still have too many holes on their defense. Too many question marks. They don't want to get into a shootout uh, just yet. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys so much for all the questions on Twitter. Make sure you're using that hashtag LockedOnCowboys. I would love to get at least one or two of your guys' questions every single day on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review. 
Only have a couple on there. Come on, guys. We need them. Uh, I'll be off tomorrow. Like I said, back on Monday. Follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. But you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. That's new. At Locked on Cowboys. Check it out. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. See you later. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.